Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. So you see, each one of these stories demonstrates actions taking place by people who wanted a touch from God. They laid aside all pride. They laid aside all ailments. They are willing to do whatever it takes to get the miracle that they are after. They are desperate for a touch from God. And so today I ask you and I tell you today, you need to get more desperate for a touch from God. is showing God his worth, then it should not be hard for Christians, which means Christ-like people, to demonstrate how much he's worth to them. And so we need to remember every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day, period, when we begin to enter a time of prayer and worship, that it is not hard and it is not taxing and he is worthy of everything we could possibly give him. Is anybody thankful to be in the house of God today? Amen. I'm always so excited to to see what God has in store for us each and every Sunday. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 4. And I will be reading verses 23 and 24. John chapter 4, 23 and 24 says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I want you to lay that uh, right beside you and leave it open this morning. One last time, let's go to the name of Jesus in prayer. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've already begun doing in this place today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you touch every heart and every mind, Jesus, that you'd make us receptive, Lord, to your word today. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in advance, Lord, for the miracles that can take place in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Uh, for just a few moments today, uh, I, want to, I want to speak to you under the title, Reply, Reply. The Samaritan woman is at the well in John chapter 4, and uh, this is the passage where Jesus has come to the well and is offering the, the Samaritan woman uh, living water. And uh, in, this, in this story, Jesus specifically calls her on her sin and asks where her husband is, and she responds, I, I have no husband. And he says, oh, trust me, I know. He calls her out right then and, and there, and he uh, uh, deflects some of her questions whenever uh, Jesus reveals to her exactly who he is, that he is the Messiah. And she thinks, well, this guy must be a, a prophet. And so she, she asks questions like, you know, where is the, the proper uh, worshiping place? And, and Jesus basically says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And in 23 and 24, it says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So today, uh, I want to speak specifically to, to verse 23, uh, which states that the Father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus is looking for those that will worship him today. 
Amen. So if we define the word worship, uh, worship is defined as the act of showing worth. So if we are to worship Jesus today, we are to show him that he is worthy to receive whatever it is we are giving him. Whether that is a round of applause or whether that is a, a scream of hallelujah or whatever the case may be, we are simply showing him how much he means to us. So based on the definition of, of worship today or worth, worship is a response. Worship is what you do in response to something that Jesus has done for you. Simply put today, Jesus is worthy of our praise, whether he's done anything great for you or not. Whether you recognize the power that he has in your life or not, he's worthy of praise. Amen. But whenever you're uh, a, a church-going Christian today who has experienced the love and the grace of God, you have every right and you understand the significance of why we worship and praise him. Amen. He has been there for us when no one else could. He's healed our body. He has brought our loved ones uh, back to the grace of God. He has done all of these things. And so today when we worship, we recognize that our worship is the response to what God has done in our life. Amen. So God today is looking for someone who will respond to him. The text specifically says worship, but if worship is response, then God is looking for someone to respond to him today. If we look at life, all the things we, we come across on a, on a, a daily basis, uh, we can see that uh, different lists that I, I happen to look up, marriage.com. Uh, says that a lack of communication is a third leading cause of divorce. Third, lack of communication. Uh, the business.com uh, says that a slow response from a salesperson is the second highest uh, cause of losing a customer. Now, I'm in sales by my, my secular job. I'm in sales. I can tell you firsthand that if you are too slow... You've lost money. Speed is, is money. When you're in an industrial world, we've got several of you guys in here. I know who work in, in coal mines and, and power plants and all these things. Uh, when you need something and you don't have it, every minute you go without it costs you money. And so when you have someone who is slow in business or you are slow to give a presentation, someone else is doing what you could be doing. And so uh, that slow response is, is number two in, in ways to lose business. Uh, the Reader's Digest says that the, the third leading uh, reason of failed friendships is ghosting people. Now, who knows what ghosting means? Everyone under 30, raise their hand. <laughs> ghosting is the term that they have coined uh, whenever you are in conversation or you are trying to start a conversation with someone and they simply do not respond at all. They leave you hanging. So it might be mid-conversation via text message and they are gone. It may be, you know, in my case, sending 30 emails to one individual trying to get a meeting set up or try to uh, get their attention in some way and zero response. You're getting absolutely nothing from him. So that is the third leading cause of friendship. Now, I find that odd personally. I mean, when you think of friendship, that means you already have a friend established. So the, the fact that your friend is going to just drop you mid-conversation and never come back to it may make you want to reevaluate your friendship circle. 
But this is the third leading cause of, of loss of friendship. So you see in just about every uh, major area of our lives, whether it's our occupations or our, our marriages, our family, our friendships, whatever it is, communication, and specifically the way in which we reply to others matters. As a, a, a great uh, uh, part of how successful our life is, whether through relationship or business. So we can't ignore our spouses. We can't put our clients or our customers or employees on the, the back burner. Or we can't refuse to respond to acquaintances or friends and then expect them to have great rela relationships with us. Whenever we refuse to reply, whenever we say, I don't need uh, to, to go that route, this is not worthy of my time in which to respond to that, we are dictating what the future will hold. You are now down a friend, your spouse is a little less happy with you, and you just lost a bunch of money at work, simply by not replying in the proper manner. Likewise, the way that we respond to God matters. Just like it matters for everything else in our life, the way we respond to God matters. If we don't respond, or if we half-heartedly respond, or if we respond with an apparent bad spirit, these things have an outcome when it comes to God. Amen. So, if we have an, an obligation to, to answer God, if we have an obligation to reply to the things that God does for us, to respond to him, uh, truth or, or in spirit or whatever uh, it is that we're trying to respond in, as it says in John chapter 4, the question is, how do we reply? How do we reply to God? Knowing that he demands our attention. He demands a certain level of, of gratitude. He demands our praise in the Bible. That's not just something we, we do. He demands it. Knowing that we have to do these things for God, how do we do it? How do we respond to him? So I'll take you to Matthew chapter 16, uh, verses 13 through 18. And I will read it for you quickly. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others uh, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And again, he said unto them, but whom do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not pre prevail against it. So the first way that we respond when it comes to uh, the, the demands of Jesus Christ on our life is through our words. The first way we need to respond to God is through our words. So when we look at this text that we've just read, Jesus is asking his disciples for a verbal, specific response to his question, right? He's asking, who do you say that I am? He's asking, who am I? And Simon Peter responds, thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the, the chosen one. You are these things. And so today, God has called us to use our words. Jesus used this question as a test of faith for his disciples. Basically, what he's saying is, how much do you know me? How much do you truly believe in me? It's more than just, what's my name or who do people think I am? But what am I to you? What am I to the followers that are closest to me? 
Is that what he really, or that is what he, he really asked of Simon Peter, and he passed when he answered, thou art the Christ, thou art the Messiah. In the same way today, we have been given a voice. Just like when Jesus asked the disciples, we have the opportunity to answer the questions that God has for us. And you can say whatever you want to say today. Today in this place, you get to dictate what your response is to Jesus Christ. Some of you will choose to worship with everything you have. And some of us much rather be talking to the person sitting next to us. But it is our choice to decide the, the level of response that we give God today. So, if you want to be obedient, and you want to worship in spirit and in truth, then you need to open your mouth and from the heart begin to speak to God and about him in a way that glorifies him. We need to recognize with our mouth as a church just who it is we're talking to today and just who it is that we serve today. He is the Messiah. He is Jesus Christ. He is the beginning and the end and the King of kings and the Lord Almighty and all these things that we say on a daily basis. So what is your response to Jesus Christ today? When you know who he is and what he is, what is your response? Jesus is the same Jesus that died on the cross for your sin and rose again. He healed the sick, healed the blind, touched the lame, and I believe he still does those things today. And he is capable of doing them for you today. When you open your mouth and begin to respond to God, it does more than just create noise. It changes the future. Your response changes the future when it comes to God. So I'm not, I'm not dogging anyone today, but I've heard for so long and have even said myself things like, Lord, if you'll make this happen, we'll give you all the praise and all the honor for it. Have you ever said that? God, it, it makes it sound like, God, I'm only going to praise you if you make this happen. Lord, if you make this happen, if you'll just heal me, I'll give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for it but not until you do it. That's basically what it, it seems like uh, uh, we're, we're saying. But we need to be careful how we respond to the things in our life. And I know today that we need healing. And I know that we need money. And I know that uh, we have lost loved ones and, and all these different things. But we need to stop looking at circumstances and responding with doubt and insecurity. And instead, we need to look to the God Almighty, the one that we serve, and respond with faith. And demand that the mountains move. I'm tired of asking questions to God. Questions that he's already given us answers to. I mean, we know that he's the healer. We know that he's a provider. We know that he's more than enough. We just sang the, the song just a minute ago, and yet we come to him with question in our heart every time there's, there's a circumstance in our life. We need to begin to tell our circumstances who our God is. We need to tell our circumstances, look, I know, I know you think you've got me here. <laughs> Cancer, I know you think you won. But let me tell you who God is. And why don't you go back and check those screenings again. And I know you said that lost loved one's never coming back, but guess who just walked through the back door of this church? We need to get away from looking at circumstances, and we need to get into looking towards God. Amen. If we say if we believe what we say, then that should be no issue for us today. In Matthew chapter 16, Simon Peter responds with a faithful answer. He says, thou art the Christ. And just opening his mouth to answer such a question demonstrated great faith. 
And when he did, when he opened his mouth and spoke what Jesus was asking for, not only was his faith built, but he was going to receive favor as well. Simply by answering God with his voice, right then and there, he received favor above the others. He was given a new name and said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So when you use your words in worship, when you answer God's instruction with faith-filled words, it does more than just fill this room with praise. It fills this place with favor. Do you want the favor of God today? Amen. That building right there will not build itself without favor. If it would, it would have already been done, trust me, because a lot of us want it to happen, right? We need the favor of God, and we want the favor of God, and if you do so, then you need to speak to him right now. You need to lift your voice and begin declaring some things in Jesus' name. Lord, I know that you are able. I know that you are higher. I know that you're the beginning and the end. I know that in this circumstance that I don't understand, you have the answer. And when I begin to speak, your favor fills me. And with your favor, miracles take place. Amen. We'll talk about uh, favor here more in in a minute. But if we want the favor of God, we need to open our mouths and begin responding verbally to God's demands. Now, I know uh, we say things like, faith without works is dead. And I know we say things like, talk is cheap. And, well, anybody can say that. It's not hard to just say things. Uh, but all you people out there that are thinking that, don't worry, I'm coming for you right now. Amen. We need to respond with more than just our words. We need to respond with our actions as well. There needs to be a demonstration on behalf of God today. So uh, in, in Luke chapter 8, and I'll just give you a, a synopsis of, of a few of these stories here, but in Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 43 through 48, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus is walking through the, the crowds, and she just reaches out and she just touches the hem of his garment, it says. And immediately he turns around and says, who touched me? Who touched me? And the response of the disciples is, well, Jesus, I don't know if you looked around, but it's kind of crowded here. A lot of people could have touched you. And Jesus says, no, this was different. When someone touched me, I felt my virtue leave. So who touched me? And this, this lady comes forth and says, you know, very feebly, I imagine, very insecure about the fact that she's, reached out and touched the Messiah. She's touched Jesus. She comes forth and says, I did. And Jesus' response is, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Your faith, your action, the belief in me that you had, knowing who I am and what I could do, your willingness to get out and act upon that belief is what made you whole. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, blind Bartimaeus is sitting on the streets of of Jericho, and Jesus is walking by, and he begins to scream out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody's like, hey, blind beggar, keep it down back there. Jesus is, is over there. And instead of doing what they ask, you know what he does? He screams louder. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus calls him forth, and immediately he receives his sight. And you know what Jesus tells him? Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Again, he's putting his action 
or his faith into action today. He's putting his response to the presence of Jesus so near to him and to action, and he's going in and getting the blessing that he wants so desperately. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, the Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, I have a servant who is in need of healing, and I know just by, just by your, your ability, just by your power, if you will just speak it into existence, I know that he could be healed today. And Jesus says, you know what? This Roman officer came to me. He got out of his comfort zone and he came to me. And he right then and there declared me to have the power to heal his servant. And you know what his response is to him? I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I haven't seen this much faith in my own people. This Roman officer came out of nowhere, came and found me and asked for the blessing. And because of that, he was blessed. His, his servant was blessed. So you see, each one of these stories demonstrates actions taking place by people who wanted a touch from God. They laid aside all pride. They laid aside all ailments. They are willing to do whatever it takes to get the miracle that they are after. They are desperate for a touch from God. And so today I ask you and I tell you today, you need to get more desperate for a touch from God. If all it takes is a little bit of action, if all it takes is getting out of my comfort zone and finding a place where I can be with Jesus, then you better believe I'm going to the feet of Jesus and I'm just going to reach for just the, the hem of a garment. You better believe if all it takes is crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me, then I'll cry as loud as I can cry. If all I have to do is ask and find my, my, my place in front of Jesus, then sign me up. I want to go. But we need a little more desperation in our spirit. I know we all recognize that Jesus has power. But do you recognize it enough to get desperate for what he has? Is it your response to Jesus Christ, I know you're able and I don't care? Or is your response, I know you're able and please give it to me now? I need it right now. Sometimes I wonder, and please no one take this the wrong way. I'm not speaking about this church, just as Christianity uh, as a whole. I wonder sometimes if we've been too blessed to truly worship. I've wa I wonder if we have it so good that we don't know what it's like to truly be without. To truly have a reason to worship with everything we have. Because without Jesus, we had absolutely nothing. I wonder if we're just too blessed sometimes to worship him. But can I remind you that when, when these people came in contact with Jesus, their response was, I don't care who is watching. I don't care who else is, uh, my, my miracle may affect. It's worth it if I could just get the touch I need from him. If I could just respond to his presence today, he will touch me right here. He is right here, and if I respond to his presence, I can have victory right now. Today, just a touch, just a touch from Jesus is worth anything you can possibly give him, I assure you. We were just talking about it last week in this, this service. We're all mindful of needing a new building, and we just watched a man from Bloomington donate a building to the Illinois District Campgrounds. Just a touch. It's all it takes. Just God, just one little touch is enough to provide a, a whole new atmosphere for hundreds and thousands of people that are affected by this campground every single year. 
I mean, all it takes is just a simple touch from God to completely transform everything. He is here in this place today. And if you will demonstrate some faith and begin to put your worship into action, if you make yourself uncomfortable at times for him, if you will get out of that comfort zone and demonstrate a godly response of worship, God can reward your faith with victory right here and right now. If all it takes is a demonstration, are you willing to demonstrate? If all it takes is some words, are you willing to say them? If all it takes is a little bit of dancing and a little bit of shouting, is that too much to ask for God to answer the very need that you have in your life today? I think not. And if we will just show it to him, he will begin to work in it. This is a very straightforward and borderline silly question, but do you want victory in your own life? Wouldn't it be nice to just look at every aspect of your life with just a victorious outcome? No more money, no more health. Everybody's loving God and church. We've got a booming church, brand new building. Everything's just great. We want that victory in our life, and we want healings in our life, and we want money in our life, and, and all these different things. But if you want those things, you need to respond to him with a demonstration of praise that say, you know what? If all it takes is demonstration, I'll be victorious at the end of it. And it's much uh, uh, an even trade or a better trade for me if I will just demonstrate for him. So before I move any further few notes for you today that I, I feel are important to mention. Number one, worship isn't hard. Worship isn't hard. If worship is showing God his worth, then it should not be hard for Christians, which means Christ-like people, to demonstrate how much he's worth to them. And so we need to remember every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day, period, when we begin to enter a time of prayer and worship, that it is not hard and it is not taxing and he is worthy of everything we could possibly give him. And so even though we're tired, even though we feel like it doesn't matter, we need to do more than just praise God. He, needs, he demands a, a worthy response. If it's just action, give it to him. If it's just words, give it to him today. Next thing that I feel necessary to note, um, there will always be someone watching in life. I feel like people watching is, instead of a, uh, us demonstrating the, the love that we have for God, I feel it's, it's a hindrance that people watch us worship. I know when I was, um, you know, in my teen years and, you know, what brand of clothes I still wore mattered and, you know, I was concerned about the pretty blonde girl across the row and, you know, all those different things. I was very concerned with what people thought of me, even in my time of worship, to the point that it, it hindered me. It hindered me from giving God what he truly deserved. And even in this place where we should be very comfortable demonstrating our worship for him, it hinders us at times. Because what will that person think that I invited to church? Well, I hope they think exactly what you led them to think whenever you asked them to come. That you love God. And you want them to come experience what it is that you experience. Amen. We should not shy away from a, a, a demonstration. I love a, a quote that I recently read from, from Dave Ramsey. He said, we spend money on things we don't need to impress people we don't like. 
Now, I hope we, you know, like everyone, at least love them in, in Christ. But uh, I think about that, and it reminds me that, you know what? There's people always watching. And we're, we seem to always be trying to impress the people that we don't even know, don't like, don't care, who say we don't care what they think about us. We are still trying to impress these people. But when you look at the, the, the different stories that we just talked about, Bartimaeus and the woman, the issue of blood and, and, and these stories, you know what got them their healing? They didn't care what anybody said. They didn't care what anybody did because they recognize the value of just getting to Jesus. And so if you will demonstrate like you're just trying to get to Jesus, if you will lift your hands and praise him like all you need is just him today, if you'll run the aisles once in a while and dance a little bit, I promise it won't hurt you too bad. If we do those things, like we're just trying to get to the, the feet of Jesus, I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's going to be enough to get me to the place I need to be. It's going to be enough to get me to the victory that I want from him. So worship isn't hard. There will always be someone watching, and we can't allow that to hinder us. And the last note that I'll give you, is worship is a measure of your faith. Worship is a measure of your faith. You can't tell me that you love God with all your heart and then come and sit in a pew and not ever lift a hand, never bow your head in prayer. You can't, do, you can't tell me that. Because your worship is a measure of your faith. You, you come talk to me after watching someone who's just been healed. You watch someone get healed and you watch them dance and hoot and holler and shout all over the place and then you come tell me what their measure of faith is. Whenever we uh, uh, worship, we are demonstrating just how much God is worth to us, just how much God has done for us and where our, our faith level is at. So as faith-filled, Jesus Christ believing and loving Christians today, you need to demonstrate, you need to reply to God every single day with the most faith and worship that you can possibly give him because that's what he's worthy of. Amen. So when uh, there is a reply with words, there is favor. And when there is a reply with actions, there is victory. The last response that I will talk to you about today is a response with your spirit. A response in spirit. Romans uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that. So we have discussed today worship both through speaking and, and demonstrating uh, our, our faith and our love and our, our gratitude for, for Jesus Christ. And we know that God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, as it says in John chapter 4. Uh, today, we have the truth. Today, we have the truth. Who's got a Bible in here? Raise your Bible up. I see a lot of smartphones. Shame on you all. Just kidding. But we have the truth, right? This is the word of God. This is, this is the truth. We have the truth. Many of us uh, even hold it in our hands today. And we know what God's plan is, and we support this plan because we can read it right here in black and white, sometimes red, okay? 
We know exactly what his truth is and what his, his word is for us. But what we struggle with most is not truth and not even a demonstration of worship, but aligning our spirit with his. I love what Brother Jones uh, taught this morning, that we've trained our behavior to be godly, but we've yet to train our heart to be truly godly. We can, we can read the rules and know what is, is to be and what we are to be, but our spirit is still fighting with those actions every day because inside we're something that we cannot demonstrate. But can I tell you today that the most worshipful thing that you can do is offer your body, your life, what you are, what you are not, what you will be, and what you have been to Jesus Christ. That is the, the, the best offering, the best worship you can give him today. Verse 1 says, by the mercies of God, by the mercies of God, beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. I feel as if people come into this atmosphere created by worship and they feel comfortable enough to, to, to lift their hands or to say a small prayer or to casually get involved. We, we kind of work our way into a room and we casually get involved. You know, we act the part, we play the part, and in a certain level, we, we believe what we're doing, we believe what we're saying, we are worshiping, we are telling God how much we love him. Uh, but we, we just kind of play this part of, you know what, I, I love God, but I'm not completely sold on this whole idea yet because maybe God hasn't reread my story and realized what I've done and who I am and, and all of these, these sorts of things. Maybe God doesn't realize just how sinful I truly am or how, how bad I've, I've been in my life. But the verse that we just read in verse 1 says, by the mercies of God demonstrate by the mercies of God give yourself to him he doesn't ask for perfection he doesn't ask for anything you are not God says I'll take you just as you are my mercies will cover what you've done I'll take you just as you are the good the bad the ugly I just want you and I'll make you holy I'll make you what you are to be through my spirit Acts 2 you know, we tell Acts 2.38, 2.39 quite often, but the, the portion that, that I love uh, the most about this, this entire passage is realizing that the people that are standing here wanting to, to um, experience this day of Pentecost experience just watched Jesus die. Some of them could have literally been the, the same people that were screaming for Jesus to, to be crucified. They are, these people are sinful. They've literally done this to Jesus. The disciples are telling them the story of Jesus and uh, the, the death of Jesus and all these different things, the resurrection. And, and they are realizing in their spirit what they have done wrong. And their response is, what do I have to do to be saved? I know what I've done, but what do I have to do to fix it? And the response is, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say, well, you know, most people, most people would just have to repent and be baptized, but you, you're a special case. So you're going to need to do this and do that. It doesn't say that. God never makes demands or levels of heaven and hell for us. God simply says, repent, 
Be baptized, every one of you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is his plan for us. And so today, uh, when, when he says that through, through the disciples, it covers everyone. It is not just uh, a select few or just a certain level of sin. It is for, for everyone. A certain song comes to mind, uh, a song by Elevation Worship. It says, are you hurting and broken within? Are you overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Come to the altar. That's a reminder to me that, you know what? I feel overwhelmed. I feel as if I've done so much wrong, God can't possibly fix it. And his response is, give it to me. He doesn't say, pretty it up. He says, give it to me. Give me the thing that you are holding on to. God just wants us. He just wants you. And when you give him your baggage and align yourself with him, he pours out his spirit, which fulfills you. Do you want fulfillment today? There's something extremely gratifying about waking up in the morning and seeing your family and going to work, knowing that you have a job, knowing what your job is, knowing, you know, when you come home, your family will be there and everything's in order. There's, there's people work their entire life to feel that American dream, right? Where everything's just cookie cutter, where it's just as it should be. And, you know, my life isn't, uh, isn't perfect by any means, but I'm thankful for, for the peace I have at home. I'm thankful for what God has, has blessed me with. But I feel as even in our Christian walk, we are constantly just pursuing this level of fulfillment. Whether you want to be involved in ministry, whether you want to be involved in music ministry, whether uh, you just want to get closer to God, we're always searching for this next level of Christianity or this next level of what, whatever it is you want to call it. But can I tell you today that when you truly give your spirit to God, whenever you respond to him, with your spirit, when you give him every fiber of your being and say, God, here I am, good, bad, ugly, all of it, here it is. There's something that is very, very fulfilling there. When you give Jesus everything, he fills up everything. Amen. Would our music come today? John 4 says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Jesus is waiting on reply today. He is waiting on you to respond to him today. We know what Jesus has done. We know what he is capable of. We know the power that is associated with him today. And so today our question is not, uh, can God heal me? It's not, can God love me? It's not, will God forgive me? It's none of those things. Those are not proper questions for God today because we know that he does all of those things. The question is, is what is your response to him today? What is in your heart to give back to Jesus Christ today? How many of you have ever experienced a healing in your body? How many of you have ever received a financial miracle? How many of you have, have uh, loved ones that are present in the house of God today, here or elsewhere, that weren't at one time? 
Don't tell me God isn't able, and don't tell me God doesn't love you. What you need to tell me is how much you love him and how much you appreciate him today. What is your response to the things that he has done in your life today? Worship him in spirit and in truth. We need to, we need to dive into the word. We need to read it daily. We need to, to be the guide of everything we do in our life. We need to search for truth in everything that we do. The truth is important and we need to worship him in that truth. But your spirit needs to be aligned with God today. That is something you could take care of right here and right now. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Jesus is looking for people who love him and appreciate him enough to worship him with that spirit and with that truth today. When we look at our When we look at the just a few responses that I gave you today. Whenever Simon Peter spoke to Jesus, answered him verbally, he received favor. And whenever the, the several stories we read uh, from the New Testament about Jesus healing people, whenever they demonstrated, whenever they put their faith and their belief and their worship into action, there was victory that took place. And whenever we align our spirit with Jesus Christ, there's a, fulfill, a fulfillment there because now this life is his life. And Jesus knows no sin. Would you stand with me today? I've trapped you all because there's not a person in here who doesn't have some kind of worship they need to give God today. There's not a person in here that can leave and say that they gave God what he's worthy of. And so today I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, drag you around and expect you to live up to something that is not in your heart because that's not worship. But what I will say is if there's anyone in the house today that feels like they need to give God some worship that he's long past due for, I encourage you to come to this altar today and give it to him. If there is something in your spirit that is holding you back from God, come to this altar and give it to him. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life, God can re replace your spirit today. And all he needs is the bad out of your life. That's quite a trade, isn't it? And so today I'm going to stop talking, but I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to begin praying over, over this room right now and over the needs that I know are present. And I'm going to give God glory in advance for the things that he's going to do. I'm not going to say, if God, you heal this. I'm going to say, God, when you heal this, when you heal this, we're going to give you praise. And God, if you don't heal this right now, I'm going to give you praise. And as I begin to do that, I encourage you to do the same. If you want to come to the altar, fantastic. Make that an offering in itself. 
If you can't make it, that's fine too. Lift your hands right where you're at and give your offering to God. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.